Why dwell in the past when we can look forward to the rich and vibrant future? This is the push-off. everybody welcome to a new episode of the push off podcast it's your favorite weekly nfl show that discusses everything that happened last weekend while it gets you ready for the next it does it at the same time i'm your host scott hogan and joining us as always it's dan can we really be sure week seven even happened right <laughs> dan yeah we're here to discuss the uh Ugh, the yawn that was week seven, the, yeah. the silliness that happened in it, I guess. But, um, I mean, we're, great. we're near in the middle of the season. So what we can really focus on is is the, the picture of good and bad contender pretenders, maybe pass out some tombstones. But I think after watching that week, you need someone to put a little fun twist on it. And that's what the Push Out Podcast is here to do. That's what we're here for, man. I mean, we are, we are here to eat shitty games, and crap out lightning. And that's what we're here for. Um, unfortunately, we had a smorgasbord of shitty games to eat this week Yeah, uh, with almost no relenting. I, I think, if I had to think about it, the only really good game this week was a meaningless fucking game where two teams are probably completely out of their division. So, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, real tough. So, um, well, we got some surprises. We got some uh, big games in that way, too. Um, True. We had some trades. Uh, my my wife's favorite player by name is now on the Green Bay Packers. That's Whitney Merciless getting Solid cut name. by the Texans and then quickly picked up off waivers by the Packers and then played in the game. Uh, also, the Rams traded for a linebacker, Kenny Young. No, he traded. they traded the linebacker to the Broncos. Broncos needed mm-hmm. the linebacker. And they're swapping just late picks from 2024. Did I read that right? I don't know how <laughs> you trade away picks from three years in the future. Yeah, I, th- I think the Rams are like, yeah, fuck it. Uh, Les Needle still be the GM. Let's do that. That's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just like a random thing there. And then, uh, yeah, that that's kind of the, the, the trade picks here. So leading into this, yeah, this week, uh, talking about what just happened, there there's not a lot of good games there. There's not a lot to choose from for game of the week. So uh, this is what I suggest, Dan. Say screw week seven. It's rivalry week. We look ahead and we begin <laughs> discussing Cowboys at Vikings to begin week eight. That's where the game of the week is. It's in the future. It's it's to come. Halloween night. That's Push-off well, podcast rivalry week has begun. It's going to be a real bummer for you next week when the Cowboys completely dismantle your fucking Vikings at at your house. It's going to be kind of embarrassing. It's going to be, yeah. It's it's going to be rough for you. You know, I hope I hope you've taken the day off uh, on Monday morning because (laughs) the weeping you'll be fresh out of fluids. It'll almost be like a hangover for you. 
because the Cowboys are going to absolutely fucking stomp the Vikings. And by stomp, I mean probably win by a score or less. <laughs> There's a, yeah. I mean, there is a Dallas Cowboys team that has to be riding pretty high heading into this game. Um, you've you've got a quarterback that, you know, as long as that uh, injury gets him playing again. I don't know. I haven't heard if he's practiced or anything in the last week and a half. But if he, you know, if he's out there, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Uh, you got two solid running backs. You got a very solid offensive line, and that's something Minnesota's been very uh, difficult at at stop. And we we don't have Patrick Peterson. He's here, he's hurt. He's out on IR here for the next three games. And uh, and you know, returning to um, you know a team that's uh, that's that's three and three. You know, it's, it's obvious. Look at this. Look at the record here, and, and look at the Cowboys' record. But Oh man, I, I'm looking at that record and I'm saying they almost beat the uh, <clears throat> current number one seed in the NFC, the Arizona Cardinals. They almost beat, should have beat the <clears throat> current number one seed in the AFC, Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they pretty much uh, had the Browns right where they wanted them and, and couldn't complete a last second pass to even tie that one up at the end. So I don't know. I'm thinking that these Minnesota Vikings are not just uh going to roll over and, and, and die here that this the schedule coming out of the bye is ferocious but i like what dalvin cook has been saying yeah but they got to play the minnesota vikings they got to come here they got to play us <laughs> and it's at home it's going to be loud it's going to be prime time justin jefferson adam thielen kirk cousins is playing games of his life here so nothing's going to be easy for these dallas cowboys do you think it's going to be handed to you these two-point favorites i don't i don't I, i'll put it to you this way if I'm making an honest assessment of this game, because without my feverish uh, Cowboys-based lunacy, I have to do, um, <laughs> you guys have a couple things offensively that do worry me. You get, you have Cook and Madison, who are a really good one-two punch. The Cowboys are still weak up the middle um, to a running game. So the way Minnesota likes to play, if they can get their druthers, is to start the run, pull, get the play action off of that. Now, what they've been doing recently is they've been able to get, you know, the run working when the pass starts actually fucking flowing from Kirk. Yeah. So if if Kirk can get the ball out of his hands quickly, because the Cowboys are finally developing a little bit of a pass rush, it, I don't think any of our corners, I don't think anybody in our secondary is really going to be able to stay with these Vikings wide receivers. I just don't, you know, your guys are too good. Um, I mean, even Osborne's a fucking really solid number three, so... You guys have an excellent, excellent wide receiver core. You've got a really good stable of running backs. Your offensive line is getting getting push when it comes to actually generating rush, so that's that's nice. Um, what I think is the real weak spot for you guys is our defense is not bad. <laughs> the secondary is good. Trayvon Diggs obviously is fucking really solid. You guys are not getting a real consistent pass rush, and with a kind of you know, lackluster secondary, if you're not putting pressure on Dak, that secondary is going to get shredded. That's my only concern. So I don't think that you guys won't be able to stay in this game. I just think it is going to be like if you have four straight possessions, the Cowboys can score on all four straight possessions. The Vikings only may be able to play three. But yeah. your offense is really, really good. I wouldn't be surprised that this is a close game. Um, but if you guys can actually pound the rock, grade it out on this defense and, and – 
make it so that we can't get a pass rush on Kirk, I think this could be a Vikings win. Obviously, I'm not picking that, <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's well within the realm of possibility. Well, I'm glad. Uh, okay, so I appreciate that. And, and that's something that since we've uh, started this podcast, I think we've been able to do is, is get ourselves on the feeling of like, okay, but if I'm not a fan and coming into this game, I feel like myself as Vikings and you as, as Cowboys, we, we have optimism and pessimism. Pessimism, mm-hmm. I think it, it's obvious in that way. And the history dictates it. The history dictates that. But uh, for me, uh, what I'm thinking too for the Vikings is we are still going to have a hard time stopping the run game. Michael Pierce is still questionable coming back from an injury. I hope he's ready to go with an elbow, but if he's not, that's still a big hole uh, that Sheldon Richardson really isn't filling right now. Um, you're asking, you know, Cameron Dantzler to come back and play as a starter again without Patrick Peterson in there. So that's a questionable thing too, that obviously a guy who was a healthy scratch week one has to prove himself to get back into that. So I think it is the defense that has questions. The pass rush is good when you know they're, they're, they're passing. When we know they're passing, I think Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin, good guy. We traded mm-hmm. away Steven Weatherly this week. There's another trade. Uh, for nothing because oh my god Everson Griffin's playing like he was five years ago so that's great and we're reaping the benefits there so as long as 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 we can make Cowboys one-dimensional that's the way but that's the problem is it's going to be a tight game all the way through Vikings in tight games have been making these stupid mistakes where they shoot themselves in the foot fumble a ball in the last uh, drive or miss a field goal in a big moment and that's that's what I hate. So I'll be passing out the candy. I'll be cheering for the Vikings. I'm going to take them because of this dang show and because of them at home <laughs> and because it's you and I have to. You know, it's like I'm, I'm thinking of this one as a Cowboys-Eagles game. I'm t- I just have to take the Vikings. Yeah. I'm taking them at home. I'm going to pick them all the way through this week and everything I pick, of course. Uh, stay consistent. <laughs> and uh, um, I'll keep one eye on it. As I keep another one on all the Frankenstein's and the ghouls and ghosts that that uh, that will visit my house, Dan. I'm in a. Uh, this is my first year with like trick or treaters coming to the door, and I've asked my sister in law in the same neighborhood. We're going to get quite a few during this game. I uh, I realized this one thing. I this is really the first. I mean, even though I lived in the same house last year, it was still you know COVID times. And oh, that's true. Nobody was really doing that. Um, we loaded the fuck up on candy. Yeah, we loaded ready. the fuck up premium stuff. We're talking Snickers. We're talking, you know, there's some good shit. If you come trick or treating down in the Palos Hills, y'all, we're ready to go. What's your What's Dan's favorite candy bar? I'm a Reese's cup guy. It's Ooh. not even a bar. If I got to go bar, I'm going Snickers. But if it, if you're talking candy, it can't. That works. Reese's cup works. The thing yeah, about Reese's, Reese's it, it melts. The wax paper still it'll still make it a little melty underneath it. You're not eating it fast enough. Is what <laughs> I, found. Uh, I, I don't run into that problem with Reese's peanut butter cups. If I ask myself the same question, it's a hundred grand. I love you. Me 100 you know grand. what? Hundred grands are sneaky good, man. Like yeah. I don't ever think about getting a hundred grand, and I then I pop one in, and I'm like, "Fuck, this yes. is solid. solid." Got a candy. full flavor profile. And that's the Minnesota Vikings. You never think of them, but man, they solid. No, all right, this is a segue. <laughs> Let's talk about the games. Oh, I by guess. the way, I picked the Cowboys in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> no, no, we got it. We got it. <laughs> Let's talk about the Tennessee Titans 
beating up on the Chiefs and the panic that's got to be happening in Kansas City now. It was 27-3. to I mean, nobody but me saw this coming. I take the, uh, <laughs> the Titans in this one. I, I had a lot of confidence in these uh, in these Chiefs, man, being able to to get it together. But I, the Chiefs aren't hitting on any cylinders right now. Mm. I mean, we've always known we've known going into this season that their defense was suspect. Their defense has always been suspect. I think it's pretty clear they didn't address the problem on their offensive line. Their tackles are still getting fucking thrashed. Yeah, they have almost no running game, and since the tackles are so bad. It used to be that Mahomes was so good that even if they got down, you know, by a cons- like three scores, you're like, ah, eh, Mahomes can throw his way out of this. But because these tackles, because this offensive line play is degraded so much, he needs at least three and a half seconds. Yeah, they're not sure. giving him that. You know, they're getting really, really solid rush from the front four there in Tennessee. Tennessee's been really, really good, and. You know what? Sometimes I forget that Derrick Henry is a fucking grown-ass man, and I should never, ever pick against Derrick Henry <laughs> because he's a fucking... He's a superhero. He even threw more... He threw as many touchdowns as Ryan Tannehill and had a better passer rating. <laughs> That's right. Than more Ryan than Tannehill. Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. That's um, true. <laughs> yeah, he's... I don't want to take anything away from the Titans. The Titans are surprisingly good, and these are just a string of two huge wins in the AFC that are going to be... Uh, tremendous at the end of the season but the story of this is how the Chiefs looked and it's not just a bad offensive line for the Chiefs because I've seen Patrick Mahomes roll out of there and with people in his face complete passes and and throw much more accurately than he did on Sunday so I think there's something else I don't know the injury that occurred to him was late in the fourth quarter scary Mm -hmm. one at that and yeah game was over uh, I mean, I'm, I'm so glad to see him just standing there on the sidelines at the end because you saw the same hit. He yeah. lost consciousness, right? Yeah, he was out. It, I don't know how the fuck he passed concussion protocol. Right. Like, that doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. When he was like, had to be helped off, and then it went to commercial, and then he was still being helped off. I didn't quite get that. His head bent backwards. Like, it was like, just, you know... <laughs> This game was it was it's twenty seven and nothing at half. Titans did nothing in the second half and didn't need to. And uh, Mahomes had sixty seven or something total yards in the first half. Like they didn't show up. The Chiefs were not no. doing anything. And I don't know that you look at the teams that they've played this season and beaten, and they haven't shown up for the games that they need to. I don't know. I we knew that there was problems with their defense, but it seems to have bled into their offense now and and into Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I, I just don't see I don't see these Chiefs recovering from this. Like the AFC West is so good. The AFC West is so fucking good. I I know that the Broncos started out 3 and 0 and they're clearly not a 3 and 0 team after right. four consecutive losses. But the Chargers are for fucking real. It seems like the Raiders are at least for for probably for reals. And then you have to say they're the number three team in this division right now. And I just don't think that's going to be good enough to get you a playoff spot with the way things are going for them. That's, that's my main issue is I just don't see them being able to recover from this deficit in such a competitive division. If we want to, I just can't see it. Yeah. If we want to start looking at conferences and seeds, I think they are sitting at maybe the seventh best team around that in the, in the AFC right now. And that would get them a spot. 
Uh, you can give no, maybe not. I might have not counted that correctly because you got to give it up to the Titans now at the top with the Bills and yeah. the Bengals, as we'll talk about. Raiders and Chargers are those two good teams in that division already with them. That's six Ravens? there. Ravens. And then where are the Browns? There's Browns there. Isn't even number eight. So that makes the Chiefs down there. Yeah, you're right. Ninth or tenth in this AFC. Colts had a nice win. Yeah, it's uh, things have to turn around quickly. Now, like uh, a Chiefs game, let's say a year, two years ago, maybe they're a second-half team and they just turn it on and, and nobody can touch them. If there's a team that can do it, I think it's Kansas City, but it would have to get going right away. You know, this is the thing about Kansas City is Kansas City won a Super Bowl two years ago. Then they went back to the Super Bowl last year and got yeah. absolutely fucking trounced in with, the Super Bowl. With no offensive linemen, like everybody got hurt leading into it. With no offensive linemen. This is also not a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. So if you had told me that the Chiefs were going to go into a Super Bowl and get fucking throttled because they have no offensive line and then not really address the offensive line this year Well, they, they did a lot. I mean, they signed a lot of people. They it's just not working. To. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they tried to. Yeah. So there's a difference between trying to address something and addressing something. <laughs> You know, true, like true. I've been trying to lose weight since high school. I'm <laughs> addressing it. No, I'm not. I'm not addressing. You it. don't know till you're out there on the field how much weight <laughs> you lost. I don't know. You're not, you don't true. know till you're on the scale. You don't know. You don't. And you're looking on the scale, and the scale says, "Hey, maybe you should stop eating at Twin Peaks restaurants when you're out on on road trips." You know, <laughs> maybe way. maybe pack it in. Maybe go to a fucking Panera and get a salad or some shit. <laughs> I. I look at this game and I just go, yeah, I don't I don't think the Chiefs are going to recover from this. Yes, to your point, they're the Chiefs. They could mm-hmm. always surprise us. They could always recover. But Tennessee was good and they beat them soundly. The only thing that's problematic about Tennessee is, honest to God, like they have two losses, one of which is to the undefeated Cardinals. The <laughs> only real blemish on Tennessee's season is that they lost to the fucking Jets, yeah. which is like seeing a beautiful, beautiful woman. <laughs> and then learning that she once had syphilis. <laughs> and she's like, no, I don't have syphilis anymore. You're like, yeah, but you had it once. Like, what the fuck happened? Like, who are you? You know, sure, you can get treated for syphilis all you want, but you had syphilis. Hey, how about A.J. Brown in this one? 133 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. He's finally coming back from that injury. Titans Titans still have a pretty weak defense, but Chiefs only three points. Hey, that's not Good bad. front four. Good front Good four. Good front four in Tennessee. Hey, let's continue on. Let's talk about uh, the Sunday night game. This was a mess uh, in the air with uh, whatever the West Coast hurricane that they got there through Santa Clara, but the Colts take advantage of it and win on the road 30-18. to 18. You and me, Dan, we didn't pick the Colts in that one, but do you know who did? My mom. Your mom. That's right. Uh, Carson Wentz, two touchdowns, and he ran one in. The running game was going good with Taylor on the ground. Uh, Pittman Jr. showing up. And this was Garoppolo's return. Uh, Help me out, Dan. Is this because Trey Lance is hurt? Is this because Garoppolo's healthy? What's going on in San Francisco? It It was because Garoppolo was healthy. Okay. And so Trey Lance, the whole goal, and this is just a thing that goes back to coaches that need to win you go with the guy who you think is going to win the next game not next year's game sure sure 
Unfortunately for Garoppolo, it doesn't look like he was the guy to win the next game, so he might not be the guy to play the next game. Yeah. He did not look sharp in this. You can blame the weather all you want, but there's a bunch of really bad decisions that he made. Obviously, a couple erratic throws. He had two interceptions. He did not have a great game. I don't think he's going to be the starter for long because, unfortunately for you, Scott, and for everybody listening, <laughs> I have to issue a tombstone to these 49ers. Oh, there we are. It's, yeah. it's the first tombstone of the week. It is not the last tombstone of this week. Nice. Okay, well, stay tuned. Yeah, the Niners are a disappointment. They're a disappointment in my eyes. I had them quite high uh, coming out of the gate. Now, injuries, okay. Nowhere near as bad as injuries as last year. Really, who did they lose? Some a couple of running backs. Uh, are we really believing that Raheem Mostert is the reason why this Niners team isn't clicking right now? I mean, he's destroyed. It stirs the drink. Well, well, yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, the defensive line um, for the Niners are back. They're healthy. This defense should be lights out, but they're letting a Colts team in a downpour put thirty on you. Uh, it, it's it's been kind of embarrassing, and then I think you've got to look at uh, because the the Niners, you know, team looks like it has plenty of talent. I, I'm finally, hey, I'm gonna raise a hand and start questioning Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan here has gotten a free ride here as a genius for quite a long time, and and this season is uh, shining some light in places that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, <clears throat> I took the Niners in this game because I thought they were a better team on paper. They, they start off the game with a nice play action, throw it to uh, Samuel, who is who is their offense, it seems, in these last few weeks. But yeah. Colts were, like, ready for it. Colts see it coming. So, yeah, when Niners play a good defense or – I mean, in any here, they're, they're on a, a losing streak, and I think it's going to wake a lot of people up for what's going on there. So I agree with you. Shanahan is one of those guys where it seems like, you know, we loved the culture that he was building there, but maybe he's just not that good of a coach, man. Like, might be a nice guy, might be a guy you like to play for, but if he's not putting you in positions to win through scheme or through personnel, because a lot of that is under his influence too, I know that, you know, I know he's not the GM, but it seems like he's got a pretty good say in what the fuck is going on there. Yeah. Um, I. The thing that worries me is I look at the schedule for these 49ers and I don't see a real chance to breathe. Yeah. They have to go to the Bears. So they have to go to the Bears. The problem was they came in off the fucking like off the fucking bye week and weren't ready for this game. Like mm-hmm. that's the inexcusable part is you can't come back from a bye and not be ready for a team to come into your house um even in a rainstorm. You got to have a plan. Yeah. They got to go to Chicago. Then the Cardinals come to them. Then the Rams come to them. So those are two home games that I think they're going to lose. And so at that point, you may lose three. Uh, sorry, four in a row straight from this, which would put you at f- six losses in a row. Well, and let's be honest too. So they already lost to Seattle, and if they are going to lose both to the Rams and the Cardinals, then what's the point this season? You can't keep up yeah. with anybody in the division then you're not going to keep up with anybody in the conference either. So, yeah, the Niners, yeah, all of a sudden it, it just doesn't look like they're, they're year and it doesn't look like they're a playoff caliber team, which is scary. And and honestly, we should have known because their, their two wins, the first two weeks of the season, were a score between them and the Lions. Right. The Lions put up 33 points on them, and they beat the Eagles by less than a touchdown. Yeah. The bad Eagles team. This is not a good Eagles team. So their only two wins were unconvincing against bad teams. Obviously, they took the Packers to the limit 
and the Seahawks it's a division game but yeah since then it's it just hasn't been good they have not been good enough they haven't been blown out in any games except for maybe this one how it felt a little bit it felt like the Colts were in control the whole thing yeah, uh, Colts took the lead. They were only up by a point, though, at halftime. And then uh, the Niners came to a failed two-point conversion at like the start of the fourth, tying it. So this is actually one of the more closer games this week, unfortunately. But the Colts took over in the second half. The interception by Rhodes is what put it away, Who, which I question if he didn't have another touchdown there anyways, but I guess it didn't matter. Yeah. Um yeah, I like how we're starting with the the team that lost here this week, and then talking about the new one, the team that won, the Colts. Uh, it's about dang time, Colts. Here we go. Except for when Wentz like threw that pass directly to the Niners in the red zone as he's getting sacked. <laughs> like that's where you just throw up your your hands as a Colts fan and almost probably turned it off and went to bed. But if you stuck with it, good for you. This is what you should be seeing: is a big win on the road from a feisty Colts team with a good defense. I mean, let's go. Well, here's the problem with the Colts, is the Colts are unsure of whether or not they're going to be competitive. And we're also not going to know because the next four games they've got are the Titans going to Indianapolis. Now, it's a division game, but I think the Titans are going to win that one. Oh, you're leading into there. Okay. Then they got the Jets at home. They should beat the Jets. They yeah. should beat the Jaguars. But then they have to rip off the Bills and the Bucks, And then they get the Texans. So there is a chance they might have a respectable record going into the last quarter of the season. Well, There's as a I, chance for it. Yeah, and as I listed all those AFC teams earlier, when we're looking at that, yeah, Colts are, you know, you got to knock off teams like ahead of you like uh, – Browns, Ravens, Chargers, Chiefs. I mean, yeah, you're going to have to upset some of those. So it does begin in Indy this week. You said you're taking the Titans on the road. And unfortunately, that's yeah, it's a huge game for the Colts. You're the one at home. The Titans are the ones who have won a couple of really big wins in the AFC. If the Titans want uh, to win, you know, you want to talk about probably the string of the biggest wins for your season. Titans, you can finish it off the three in a row here with a road win against probably the only other competition in your division, these Colts. Uh, so, yeah, Titans at Colts. I'm kind of with you. As good as the Titans have been showing, how do you pick against them right now? If there's a trip up, it's going to be an individual uh, team against a feisty Colts team on the road. But I, I'll take the Titans on the road, too. You have to here. If the Titans win this game, it is effectively over for that division. Because if they win, the Titans already beat them once. So if the Colts win this game, they split it, and now they've only got a one game. They're only one game back of the Titans, which is very doable. If they lose this game, the Titans are six and two, and they're three and five. Yeah. Which means you've got a three game. Sorry. A four game lead basically because they've they've got the tiebreaker on you so you've got to have four wins to even get the division you're not coming back from that with the schedule they've got coming and they still got to play in tennessee later i'm sure they haven't played that no game they yet. already played tennessee once oh and lost <laughs> yeah so they they played tennessee and lost okay um you're right this yeah, is the so, division so early be, for tennessee here you go yeah Oh, to be a, be a fan of a team like that. Man, I want to be a Titans fan here for the last few weeks. Come on. <laughs> well, we're all Derrick Henry fans, yeah. especially if we're eugenicists, because <laughs> we should build a species around Derrick Henry. <laughs> That's right. We'll all be Derrick Henry offsprings from this point on. 
If only. Uh, um, let's continue on with the games. And the next one on the list, I'm sorry, we have to discuss it. Panthers 3, Giants 25. <laughs> uh, it was a close game. To halftime, it was 3-5, to five, Giants at the half. Uh, but the uh, the Giants like took over in the uh, second half, and it was all them. Uh, touchdown in the th- at the end of the third is when the Giants started scoring again. So yeah, it was three to five until uh, until almost the end of this game. But then the Giants had a big old fourth quarter. I I don't look at this game and th- I mean you can't think anything but the fucking Panthers are in free fall. Yeah. And the Giants still have no idea who they are. Mm. You know, like this is this is not a winning formula if you're the Giants. I know you got to win out of this, but this is not how you do it. True. You know, this is this is not the way to make it happen. Daniel Jones going out catching passes, you know, getting <laughs> fucking lit up in a in a fucking in a, what is basically like a go route. No, dude, that's that's not Oh, sorry, he was running a wheel route. So he's running a fucking wheel route, catches this thing poorly thrown and gets a goddamn shoulder pad straight to the head. <laughs> you know? Like they don't yeah, clearly, they didn't care about Daniel Jones' safety. Yeah, it's like clearly, man, you are just, you know, you're throwing shit at the wall. You're trying to get a W here. And the same stretch for the Panthers. It doesn't matter that you took out Sam Darnold. I have no idea what the fuck you're doing at any level. Like, nope. where did this pass rush go? Where did Sam Darnold's confidence go? Where did the wide receivers go? You know, where is DJ Moore? I mean, DJ Moore had six receptions, but he didn't feel like a game changer in this. This, I'm honestly almost fucking surprised they scored three points. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the safety was ugly, uh, intentional grounding. Giants defense, if there's nothing else, because uh, you're right, the True. offense settled for so many field goals even to, to kind of push them away at the end. Their defense is what you can hang the hat on. That six sacks in that game, they were all in Darnold's face. Uh, maybe the benching was for Darnold's benefit just to kind of keep the guy upright. But uh, it's hard when you're a head coach to do that, and then the next, and then right after the game, be like, "Well, it's gonna be, it's gonna be the guy I just benched to start next week." Sure, and you're like, "But then why are you benching him? And why are we secretly hearing these rumors on the off that you're in for a uh, a certain quarterback that uh, that that likes uh, his massages done very aggressively?" You know, I'm not, I'm not sure what the Panthers want here. They want to believe that they're contenders, and I don't know if I do. I I don't think I don't think you're allowed to be a contender if you lose four straight. <laughs> you know, I call call me a traditionalist, but when you lose for an entire quarter of the season after a good start, you get exposed. Now, maybe Christian McCaffrey will fix this. I don't think so. The future. I, you know, I'm sorry. The past NFL. Yeah, you're right. Four losses and. Uh, there's no way you make it in there, but we have seven teams now in the playoffs. There's an extra week. There's all these upper opportunities for a, a bad stretch and still get in. I don't know. It's it's way more possible in the NFC than it is in the AFC. The AFC, it's like there's the cream of the crop, and then there's like the also rans. With well, the NFC, it's like there's three really good teams in the NFC, or four good teams in the NFC, and then there's a bunch of also rans. I'd argue five, and I put your Cowboys up there, but Cardinals, Bucks. Packers, Rams, there's five there. And then, yeah, and then it's a good drop down to, like, my Vikings and the Saints and then who, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, Carolina's not out of it by any stretch of the imagination, but you cannot win 
in this league with bad quarterback play and inconsistent defenses. I agree. So yep. if your defense is inconsistent and your quarterback's bad, you're doomed. If your quarterback's good and your defense is inconsistent, just ask Aaron Rodgers. You can probably go to a Super Bowl. <laughs> but and and if your defense is phenomenal and your quarterback play is all fucking erratic, you can go to a Super Bowl too. But it's yeah, I just I don't see Carolina getting this thing right. That's the problem, you know. I mean, I've I know I've been talking a lot this week about like what's coming next, like what's down the road. Because at this point in the season, if you're a head coach, you've got to be thinking about it. Now, luckily for the Panthers, they've got a chance here because they're going to play the Falcons, they're going to play the Patriots, then they got the Cardinals, then they got the Red. Uh, sorry, the Washington Football Team. <laughs> So there's a chance here of the next four games. There is three very winnable games for them here. There's three very winnable games. If they win three out of four of the next one, they have to be considered a potential playoff team. I just don't know if they're going to do it with how resurgent the Patriots are and, you know, obviously the fact that the Falcons are strangely on a hot streak. So we can discuss the Monday night uh, matchup that's coming up here for Week 8. The New York Giants go to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. What are we thinking here? <sighs> Dude. <laughs> One, I need the Chiefs to win this game. <laughs> I need them to. Because as much as we're talking about like Tennessee having a crushing lead in that division, yeah, just another Giants loss would give the Cowboys such an insurmountable lead. <laughs> in that division that it's almost like, hey, I guess we're just playing for the number one seed or nothing and we can rest dudes because, yeah, this another loss by the Giants, another win by the Cowboys, this division feels pretty fucking wrapped up. So no kidding. the Chiefs are a talented quarterback. I don't want to say talented team because I have no idea anymore. But I know that the Giants are schizophrenic and – if it wasn't for the fact that they were pulling out all the stops to just get this win against a really back-on-their-heels Panthers team. Yeah, I, I got to give it to the Chiefs. I don't think it's going to be a fucking blowout by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I know Andy Reid has got to just be absolutely tuned the fuck up to beat another NFC East team. Like, you know he doesn't like the fucking NFC East. Can't yeah. wait. I, this is what I want to see. Yeah, uh, prime time, too. You're at home and it's prime time. Like, you're... Oh, you lose on prime time, and oh my God, this the headlines for a week in Kansas City about uh, how it's all over. But um, I I don't see that happening. I I have faith that the Chiefs turn it around. I will get burned by them one more week happily. Let's see what they do here on Monday night. It 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 all of a sudden has a a lot of interest, and now more of a like instead of a yawn, like oh my God, do we have to watch this one? It's going to be a bloodbath. Now it's interesting. So if nothing else, we got that. All right, uh, Bengals with a big win. We got to talk about that next here. Bengals beating the Ravens forty-one to seventeen. Nobody picked it. I didn't. You didn't. My mom didn't. Cincinnati, are we talking about them being at the top and the Chiefs not making a playoff spot? What bizarre world did we fall into? I'm blaming you, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a little early yet, but okay. Joe Burrow, 416 yards and three touchdowns in this one. Chase over 200. Um, Bengals D5 sacks. The Bengals were up in this one 13 to 10. Uh, the Ravens were kind of, it was back and forth. In fact, Ravens took the lead quickly in the second half and then the Bengals just took it right back. But when they took it back, then they started taking the double digit leads and didn't give it up. 
So the end score, 41 to 17, sets it up for a blowout. I don't know if I saw that, but I did see a convincing win by a road Cincinnati Bengals. As as much as I don't want to say that they, you know, to your point of the blowout, they pulled Lamar from this game. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if you can have a clearer, oh, this game's fucking over, than when you pull your starting quarterback, when you pull your potential league MVP, and just go, eh, we're going to live to play another game. The Bengals were ready for this fucking game. I almost feel like the Ravens, this is like a Ravens trap game. You know, mm-hmm. it was like the Ravens were like, oh, the Bengals again, fuck this. The Bengals came to play. The Ravens were not used to this Joe Burrow, and Jamar Chase gave them a fucking gave them all they could handle. That secondary was not ready for Chase. Um, and Joe, we're still getting really positive runs from Mixon. You're getting a tremendous amount of play from Joe Burrow. This is a real Cincinnati team that is also getting really good pass rush from their front, from front, sorry, having a stroke, uh, from their front four. <laughs> yeah. Sam Hubbard is fucking legit, dude. I mean, uh, what the fuck is the kid's name they picked up from... Uh, Hendrickson? From the Saints last year. Yeah, yeah, Hendricks. Yeah, Trey Hendrickson. He's been really, really good. So the defense has been good. Obviously, you're getting production from Burrow, who's been getting better every single week. I mean, like the guy hasn't even played a full season in the NFL. I know he's been in the system for over a year, but he hasn't played a full season. He's getting to that point now where he's... I don't feel a lack of confidence for him ever. Ever. And every ball he throws is fucking gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's right on the money. Uh, yeah, the dude is a fucking jugs machine with wheels. I mean, good for him. Their only losses have been three-point losses outside of conference. <laughs> um, but it, it, the tests come up. They, they play the West, so they have the Raiders and the Chargers coming up. Um, that stuff's still got to be tested. But, uh, yeah, the Bengals are all of a sudden... Very good. Joe Burrow, after the word, this saying that uh, the SEC stadium's much louder than what he's seen <laughs> in the NFL so far. Saying that after a rivalry game is, ah, love it, love it. Um, and then I I got to talk about these Ravens. And, oh, my God, you looking back, you shouldn't have beat the Lions. You're in these last-second comeback wins and some of the, the great wins that you've had this year. We were ready to crown them as the best team in the AFC, like what, last week? Because the Bills lost, and now, gosh, it, it flips everything on its head. It, it's really questionable on where we go from here um, because I think the the Bang, the Ravens are one of those teams that uh, they're going to be in it. I think they're, they've got the talent to be a good team, but they also can disappear at times, and you can't do that once the playoffs hit. The Ravens have a really good chance here to build a buffer. Yeah. You know, obviously they're going into the bye week, and unfortunately for you, the team that they play when they come back from the bye week is the Vikings. Oh, yeah. So they're they're going into the bye week with a loss. Now, this either causes your team to be like, hey, let's get our fucking ducks in a row, or you start to get acrimony, you start to get hostility, you know, you start hearing stuff come out in the locker room about this guy didn't like this guy, and... You know, you know, Marquise Brown doing this. So if they have a nice clean two weeks before the Vikings game and they beat the Vikings, all is forgotten. And then they can rip off some wins against the Dolphins, the Bears, a potentially still very injured Browns team and a Steelers team that I don't think is really with it. Mm. So they can be right back in this thing and right back to the top of the AFC. 
this was not a good game for them, but they also didn't look good from the start. And the Bengals, when they had the opportunity to put their boot on the throat of these of these Ravens, they did it. No other team this year has done that. When they had the chance to put a boot on the throat, they let them slip out. The Bengals specifically said, not on our fucking watch. We're going to make sure if we've got a lead, we're going to hold on to this thing and beat it down your throat with the run game, which they were able to do very successfully in the second half. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it kind of felt like well, Ravens had a chance here in the late in the game to kind of come back. They had the interception in the end zone, and then it just looked – they gave up uh, two late, get, like long runs for touchdowns for the Bengals, and that's not something you usually see from a Ravens defense. So it'd be surprised to see their answer. You're right; they head into a bye week for Week Eight. Uh, leads us into a break. Let's let's take one here, so that when we return, the two minute no offense and the rest of the games that happened in that Week Seven that maybe wasn't so exciting, but we're making it exciting for you because we're the Push Off Podcast. From the break, let's jump on in, Dan. It's time for our two-minute no offense. Because no offense, but if you're in this section of our program, you literally could be all the rest of the games this week. <laughs> yes, you could have. Yes, you could have. <laughs> Outside of, like, Dolphins-Falcons, which we're still going to yeah, talk Dolphins about. Yeah, Dolphins-Falcons was fun but meaningless. Fun but meaningless. Nobody's like, nobody's like, oh, man, so good those Falcons got that win, got right back into contention. No, they yeah. fucking didn't. But no, yeah, there's right. there's plenty of games that could go in here. We're only putting the three in because it was a light week at that. So, Dan, give me enough time for three. And turbo go. All right, Patriots put up a 50-burger on the Jets. The Jets' feelings got hurt, and so did Zach Wilson. 13-54, to 54, Patriots. <laughs> Stop hitting him. He's already dead. <laughs> it was yep. so brutal. Their 12th consecutive win over the Jets. Ugh, just yeah. the little brother. Um, we, God, Bill Belichick hates the Jets. Yeah, Bill Belichick fucking hates the Jets because this was not this was not like oh wow fifty four points in the first half like they could have stopped <laughs> they could have stopped this and they just were like nah fuck you every fuck other you game yeah that was a blowout at halftime the, the the team took their foot off the pedal the Patriots didn't the Patriots never do uh, <laughs> they scored twenty points in the fourth quarter. Ugh. That's right. mean. Yeah, it is mean. All right, the Buccaneers beat up on the Bears 38-3. to Yeah, I mean, this is exactly what the fuck was supposed to happen. I mean, I don't – yeah, I yeah, love Brady, this. Yeah, Brady, four I touchdowns, fields, three interceptions. It was uh, 35-3 to at the half. So there you go. There's a foot off the pedal when you only kick a field goal in the second half. Um I, what I liked about this one, Tracy Wolfson, she ran a marathon, Tampa Bay, Sunday morning, got second place, and then did the game. Give it up for Tracy Wolfson. I, really, that's probably the most impressive feat uh, of anybody that even walked on the Chicago Bears sideline. So, <laughs> good for her. 
Uh, and Brady throws his 600th whatever touchdown. Yeah, Brady, you get them all if you play and, this long. And that guy, we got to talk about it a little bit later, but, man, that guy gave up that ball for, like, nothing. I don't know. A lot of stuff keeps coming out. Um, finally, Texans 5, Cardinals 31. Cardinals remain undefeated, and we get a scoregami in the process. Ooh, gotta love a scoregami. <laughs> I feel like we're getting those a lot nowadays. Yeah, when you get oh, safeties. Here we go. That's the timer. Texans D did have four sacks in this one, but it uh, doesn't matter. It does not matter. Cardinals up 17 5 at the half, and then they just took over. But we knew that would happen. Well, it was funny. This was, yeah, we, this was destined to occur, but um, it was also great to see Zach Ertz uh, make an easy, immediate contribution to the Arizona Cardinals with a, a nice long touchdown pass. That's or right. Touchdown reception. My apologies. Right after the trade. That's right. Uh, okay. Well, let's jump into some games that we can talk about for next week. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Bengals at Jets first, so we can talk about the Jets um, trading for Joe Flacco. He's coming back. I don't know if he's going to play in this one. Maybe he's just uh, the the some assistance just in case. The new guy, Mike White, goes down, but they are going to be without uh, Wilson for at least two to four weeks. PCL sprain. I guess it could be a lot worse. Yeah, it's the posterior cruciate ligament. Um, It is a structural ligament that actually makes it difficult for you to stand. So the funny thing is he can probably walk pretty good, but if he tried to climb upstairs, very problematic. If he tries to stand for prolonged periods of time, not very good. So it's... It's especially difficult for quarterbacks because once you get into that position in the pocket where you're, you know, trying to throw the ball, your knee will collapse on you. So, yeah, not not the best for him. Um, Mike White, former uh, Dallas Cowboys sixth-round draft pick, by the way. That's right. From? Uh, Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky. Um, so the Bengals are going to the Jets, uh, play that banged-up Jets team, who's just in another upside-down year. and. Not everybody can can turn it around like who Bengals this year, you know. So the, you got the team that did turn around against the team that didn't. Uh, obviously, we, I think we're on the agreement. We're taking the Bengals. I think you'd have to. This would be this would be the trap game of all trap games if the Jets wind up pulling this out. However, the Jets did give the Tennessee Titans syphilis earlier this year, so you never know. That's right. We remember that. Um, all right, let's uh, Patriots. Let's talk about Patriots beating or excuse me, playing the Chargers this week. It is in L.A. Patriots at Chargers. What do we think? Tough to go across the pond, uh, the great pond of plains, um, but I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a Chargers win. I mean, Chargers are coming off a bye week. The Patriots look good, but nobody's really expecting them to do this. And the Chargers are just way more talented than the Jets. So I think it's going to be a completely different uh, completely different game for them. I think it's a Patriots loss. Yeah, I'd be very surprised to see the Patriots um, take that one on the road. They, they're hanging into some games, and they're winning the ones they should win, but... Uh, that's where I think they are. I think they. I don't see them as a playoff team there in the AFC. I do see the Chargers as one. It's simple as that. So I'll take LA. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, um, I believe, and they, they've said it's Garoppolo continuing as quarterback. They're going to Chicago, play the Bears. Danny brought this one up. What are you I, thinking? The Bears offense. The Bears offense is so fucking bad. Yeah. They're so bad. But also, their defense is pretty good and the Niners offense has been really pretty poor Mm -hmm. I think only because it's a home game I'm going to give it to the Bears 
I'm going to give it to the Bears. I don't think the Bears are going to have to score a ton of points to win this game. In fact, I think if they do, they're going to lose this fucking game because there is <laughs> no points coming out of that offense. Yeah, this is a tough one, and there's a couple of these that are tough, and it's it's uh, more middling kind of games. It's uh, I don't know which team's going to show up type of ones to pick this week. I'll go opposite you in this one. I'm going to go the Niners. It is so difficult to win on the road in Chicago, but it's just a a noon start. I think uh, Garoppolo and the Niners can maybe uh, make make enough good plays. The one thing I think that's going to happen is Justin Fields isn't going to have time to to, to think back there. (laughs) Not with Bosa and and Kinlaw and all them coming at him. It's just, it's not fair there in that, that Bears offensive line has quit so many weeks ago. So I'm going to take the Niners. Yeah, I'm going to take the Niners in that one. You you almost convinced me to change my pick. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, uh, I got to do it. I I, I think the Bears will pull this one out. But also, if they don't win this game, if the Bears do not win this game, do not be surprised to see Matt Nagy get fired. No kidding. Like the next Monday. I would not be shocked. Yeah, they're turning against him. Oh, he has COVID right now too. So we'll see if he's even out there on the sidelines this week. Um. (laughs) hey, they might win this game and he still gets fired because they're like, hey, we didn't need you. <laughs> Turns out they're a little better when you're not there. Anyways, uh, oh, let's talk about the game in L.A., the Goff and Stafford uh, wife swap, as I like to call it. Lions 19, Rams 28. Listen, the Lions played this game like I think a winless team needs to play every game. Yeah. They <laughs> started off uh going down the field nice nice game though they almost didn't get it it was like a third and nine screen for 65 yards touchdown boom lions are up seven nothing surprise onside kick hit them with that when you don't get it go for it on a fake punt on a fourth down go for it on fourth down multiple times in it that one too you did a fake punt later in this game they did everything they could they were up 10 nothing before the rams ever touched the ball but, you know, the Rams and Cooper Cup are who they are, and they win this one. I feel so bad for this Lions team. <laughs> right. Because they really, I mean, I have not seen an 0-7 team with this little quit in them. Maybe ever. You know, normally when you see an 0-7 team, you're like, okay, you guys, there's problems here. You guys have problems. The Lions just don't have any fucking talent. That's the issue. It, it's not for lack of trying. And I'll, I'll give it to him. Jared Goff did not actually have a bad game this game. I know he threw some picks, but, you know, he was taking shots. I mean, he was doing shit Jared Goff normally doesn't do. He was trying to push the ball down the field. Normally, he's just a guy that's, you know, waiting for the opportunities that are presented to him. He was pushing the ball down the field. Yeah, a couple bad interceptions, but I don't think that's what lost him the game. Yeah. No, they, they settled for field goals, but even when – you say settle for field goals. They they went for it on fourth so many times. They knew they had to keep scoring. They knew it was going to take every lucky thing. And and to that, to to have that many stolen possessions and stuff, as they said in this game, and still lose 28 to 19, shows you how good this Rams team is. They're going to be, you know, it, it, I know they lost to the Cardinals, and that's their only loss here. Uh Right, didn't they beat the Bucks? Yeah. So the Rams are sitting there as like the only team that that uh, has beat them is in division. And that's the only reason why they're not the best team in the NFC right now. I don't. I mean, that they're going to be a problem throughout this this season. It looks like. Yeah, I mean, their defense is really good at all three levels. Their offense can run the ball. Obviously, it's not their primary, but they can run the ball. 
Um, their wide receiver core. I mean, Cooper Cup might be the most underrated receiver in the NFL <laughs> um, because your job as a receiver is to catch the fucking ball, and nobody does that better right now than Cooper Cup. So, uh, yeah, I just nothing ever hits the ground with that fucking guy. It's kind and of his amazing. Ra- yeah, his routes are always having wide open wherever he is on the field. Yeah, he's he's playing out of his mind right now, and they get to they're going on the road. But, oh, it's the Texans, so it doesn't get that difficult for the Rams this week. Uh, and it's, who's going to be picking the Texans in this one? So I, got, I like the Rams, obviously. I'm picking the Texans. Ah, no, 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 you're a Cowboys no, fan. I, Leave it for a Cowboys fan. <laughs> no, I'm not going to fucking do that. That's no. insane. I, listen, there's the occasional time I can sniff out a trap game. There you go. If they lose to the Texans, I didn't see that shit coming. That's amazing. No. Uh, holy fuck, how'd you lose to the Texans? But... Yeah, this is this is a good team that yeah, to your point, they are the second best team in their division, but goddamn is that a pretty good division, huh? Yeah. I'm I'm wait yeah, I, I'm waiting for the matchup, the rematch up there of Cardinals and, and Rams, which I think is in the desert. So can't wait for that. Um But I like yeah, I like the Rams this weekend and uh, continuing their, their win streak. Let's talk about the Raiders. The Vegas Raiders beating the Eagles in this one, 33-22. to 22. If you like that type of continuation of numbers, yeah, this is a game for you. Hurts two touchdowns, Carr two touchdowns, but over 300 yards passing, and this was this was a higher, more of a blowout than the, than the record or the score shows. It was 17-7 Raiders at the half, and then it was 30-7 Raiders into the fourth quarter. And, yeah, Eagles attempt, oh, attempted an onside a surprise one to start the second half here, but they failed, and that led to the, <laughs> the, the next touchdown for the Raiders. So there's there's a bad team trying things against, I think, a good team to, to see what you could do and not, not succeeding, and the Eagles take the loss for that reason. Yeah, Philly's been having a bunch of the like if you look back at all of like the box scores for the Philadelphia Eagles this year, you'd be like Philly's kind of been in it. Nope, they haven't. Almost all of the points they scored have been garbage time points. Yeah, it seems like, like it. Against the Cowboys, garbage time. Against Vegas, garbage time. I mean, even against the Buccaneers who beat the shit out of them, the only points they really scored were in garbage time. Mm-hmm. This is a Philly team that's like, we're not going to quit. It's like, yeah, but you're not going to win either. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts is not the answer. They've got to get a running game going aside from Jalen Hurts because it, I don't know if Hurts is being given more leeway at the line than he should be, or I don't know if he's not being given enough, if he's seeing shit and he's not allowed to audible. But, man, there are way too many design runs for Jalen Hurts. There are way too few designed runs for Miles Sanders. That's a problem if you're trying to stay in games because otherwise, you know, we always talk about it. If you're always going for the headshot, people just kind of, you know, move their head out of the way. Mm. You've got to get these body blows in, and they're just not able to do that. And then you can see during garbage time that there is some talent there at the wide receiver position. Jalen Hurts does have some arm talent, so they can make big plays happen, but they're usually when the defense is relaxed to the point that they don't fucking care anymore. Sure, this was an 11-point win, but it wasn't. Right, right. And yeah, I I think there is a running thing because I'm, I'm picking it up here and there of like Eagles fans and their distaste for this team not wanting to get a running game started with their running backs. Of course, Hertz is out there running it constantly. Uh, and this one, he had 13 carries and he almost ran for five yards per carry. Like it, it, he's good when he does that, but it, you're right. It can't be, 
your mode of transportation there (laughs) down the field. So Miles Sanders did get hurt in this game. He goes out about halftime, didn't come back, and that leaves you with Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. Yippee. But uh, that maybe that's it too. Miles Sanders can't stay on the field, but oh boy, yeah. The Eagles um I also have I've read it it the feeling is that the problem with Philly is not their quarterback, that it's not Jalen Hurts right here, that it's the play calling and it's the lack of the talent around him. Yeah, the play calling is bad. So that's that's a primary issue. It is very bad play calling. I need I think Sirianni needs to walk away from the play calling duties. Um, it's very hard to be a head coach in the NFL. It's mm-hmm. really, really hard. It's incredibly difficult to be the head coach and the play caller. Yeah. You know, Bill Belichick is the greatest head coach who has ever lived, and he doesn't call his own defense anymore. And, mm-hmm. in fact, hasn't since he's been the greatest coach in the NFL. He's still a guy that's doing the installs week of, but day of the game, no, he's not making those defensive calls. He'll do it in big situations, but not on a down-to-down level. Sirianni is on a down-to-down level with this offense, and it absolutely has him mired in it, and he works himself into a frenzy. He loves Jalen Hurts' talent, but doesn't see a good reason to balance, and, and that's a problem for me. Yeah, yeah, the offense isn't there. Then on the other side of the ball, the Raiders are continually winning without Gruden. Carr's putting up some great numbers um, since, honestly, and they don't look like they've missed a step. So, uh, oh boy, the Raiders get to skip their way into the bye week with a strong 5-2 and two record. Am I right about that? Yeah, 5-2. Yeah. and two. Um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Derek Carr had over 90% completion percentage. Damn, yeah. God damn. Only two balls hit the ground. One was intercepted, but only two balls hit the ground. <laughs> That's really, really good when you throw it over 30 times. That's really fucking good. So, yeah, this, you know, to the point, I think Gruden did a great job with this offense, building a bunch of playmakers, putting Derek Carr into a good position. But without Gruden, they're like, hey, the bricks, the foundation of this thing were still laid. This is still a good team offensively. And they showed it. You know, obviously Philly's not a world beater defensively or offensively. They're dealing with a lot of injuries on the defensive side. But you can't be concerned with that. You can't be concerned with how good your opponent is. You just have to get the W. And they did it. It was a convincing W. Like I said, this was basically 33-7 to was where this game wound up. And then they just, you know, fucking had a weird comeback. So... Yeah, I think this you, you can't look at this Raiders team and think anything other than yeah, they're they're a legit, they're a legit threat. I don't know if they're the cream of the crop, but I know they're a legit threat in the AFC. And if I'm a team with a spotty defense, I don't want to see them. Yeah, they ain't no pretender. Um however, two pretenders, uh two teams that are have seen better years. The Eagles at Lions. That's the game we get here for week 8, Dan Eagles at Lions. I hate the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I'm wondering. And I like I like the chutzpah of this Detroit Lions team. It's I like me all some of TJ Hawkinsons. Yep. I like me some Dan Campbell. And so I will pick the Lions yeah, to yeah. win their first game of the season against this despicable, despicable group from Philadelphia. Part of me believes that if the Eagles were six and one now and the Lions still 0 and seven, you would pick the same. <laughs> Um, you are correct. I yeah, it's a coin. It's another one of those coin flips of the game uh, or the week. I had this one. I thought when we talked about uh, that Niners and Bears one. I think this is it too because you know Eagles Lions, Lions will show up. They'll fight hard. 
but they'll screw up here and there, and the Eagles will take advantage. Yeah, give me the Eagles. Give me the Eagles on the road. The Lions will remain Ooh. winless. Um, and we continue. Saints beat the Seahawks. This is the Monday night uh, Jameis Winston, Geno Smith matchup we all were hoping for. Uh, 13-10. Um, hey, at least the Manning brothers were back on. But uh, Kamara with a big game. Saints defense came up big. Josh Myers did not. He had a bad one for three at the field goals. Yeah, uh, Myers lost them this game. I I don't think this was problematic by Geno, but at the same time, what have we what have we said about the Seahawks team? If you need Geno Smith to win this game, it is not going to go for you. And they've asked him to do it the last three weeks. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. You know, I I can't remember who the running back was, but I love it where he says, "Hey, listen, you need three yards. I'm gonna get you three yards. You need four yards. I'm gonna get you three yards." Leroy Horde. No. Leroy the line was five yards. I'll get you three, but yes, yeah. You oh, want sorry. three? You want one yard? I'll get you three. You want five yards? I'll get you three. Uh, but it, it's very much that's Geno Smith, you know, where it's like, hey, you you want two hundred yards passing? I'll get you. I mean, hey, didn't get that in this game, but it was a sloppy one. <laughs> but that's who he is, you know. He's two hundred yards passing, a touchdown, and an interception. That's kind of the peak, Geno. And that's not what Seahawks, the Seahawks need to win this game. Obviously, that Geno gets you 10 points. And even against a Saints team that I still don't know what the fucking Saints are. No. You know, I have no idea. Once again, they're 4-2, and two, but would you consider them in the upper echelon of the NFC? I fucking wouldn't. No. The Saints don't have any wide receivers. Uh, they have Alvin Kamara, and then they have a bunch of speedy guys without Josh... Um, Josh, excuse me, without uh, Thomas in there. Um, yeah. So... Until Mike Thomas is back, and why? Well, no, there's a good reason. The Saints are hanging in there, and they're making a reason for Mike Thomas to come back in this season, and then all bets are off. Uh, Alvin Kamara is that good, and as long as James Winston doesn't lose games outright for him, and he hasn't been doing that yet, like the Saints are winning these tight ones. Yeah, it's against Geno Smith, and you're supposed to, but they're still (laughs) doing it. Whereas I think old Jameis Winston would find you know ways to turn turn that ball over more, and he didn't here. It was still very sloppy. Both teams only mu- mustering three points in the second half. It was hard to pay attention to this one. Um, I did watch mostly the Manning broadcast, um, and those guys are not interviewers. It's obvious, and and the the delay on the <laughs> the thing was 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 rough. But tell me if i mean if you noticed was was dk getting into Lattimore's head early and often in this game it looked like that was something he, they were showing yeah he was i mean that basically when Lattimore falls down dk gets his big big touchdown and then was basically ineffective the rest of the game but yeah he was under Lattimore's skin he you know he was pushing him around he was making him feel like a small corner which Lattimore is not a small corner he's mm-hmm. an average sized corner but dk metcalf is just a fucking huge human being um but I'll I'll get you I'll tell you this much I, I don't think he's in Lattimore's head anymore because one of them got the W and the other one walked away with ten offensive points yeah. so I I think at the end of the game Lattimore got the best of him if it wasn't for that big big uh, passing play in the in the first quarter I I don't think we're looking at DK's game thinking he did anything impressive at all right no that's true it just seemed like yeah they they got that penalty on him. There was a couple of times where like somebody throws a ball at him and he's taking uh, offense to it and throwing it back and stuff. But you're right, Saints get the win. That's above all the down. most important. Yeah, you're right. DK only had two catches in this game. Yeah, DK had 96 yards, two catches. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. 
that's that's not a great game by DK because one of them was a long. What was it? Seventy six yards. I can't remember. But it was one of them was a fucking insane uh, fall down play. And then other than that, he was effect. He was ineffective for the rest of the game. Geno could not find him. No, I think you were right on. You you gave the Seahawks a uh, tombstone as soon as uh, we knew that. Uh, um, Wilson Russ was gone. Yeah, Russell Wilson. Yeah, Wilson went down for three, five weeks, whatever it's going to be, and it's going to be you real hard. You already forgot Russell Wilson. Wow. Yeah. We move I, on in the NFL. It's hey, it's what have you done for me lately? Uh, Russell Wilson just wasn't. Yeah, he's uh, with him not in, and with this team going this direction with him not in, it's going to be hard to ask him to come back in the season and save this save this year for the Seahawks. There'll be there might be a chance here because. The NFC is kind of open there at the very bottom that if the Seahawks want to make a run, if Russell Wilson gets healthy, perhaps. But, yeah, it all depends on how fast he comes back because every time they ask Geno Smith to win a game, it's not happening. No. Uh, The Saints have the – well, no, let's start with the Seahawks because we just end with them. They're at home, and they have the Jaguars coming to town. So things might get a little easier for the Seahawks. I am picking – the Jaguars. Ah. Jaguar news. Jaguar news. They get picked for a win. Coming out of the bye. <laughs> heading to They're Seattle. coming out of a bye week. This is a Seattle team that had a Monday night game that they did not do well in. Geno Smith did not look fantastic. Trevor Lawrence has been preparing for the Seahawks defense for two straight weeks. This is the, like, this is honestly a perfect storm for a Seahawks team that I already gave a tombstone to, and I said they're going to lose four straight. I can't say that and not pick the Jaguars to win after a bye week. I'm, I'm going to pick the Jaguars in an upset here to go to Seattle and win this game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think it's going to be a very, very close game that Geno just can't make it happen for him. Yeah. No, I mean, I could easily see that happening. I'm not going to pick it. I, Seattle, even when they're bad, that's one of the toughest places to win. So I will take True. the Seahawks there and the Jaguars not succeeding going across the country. I think the Jaguars are going to get better. They have to. I think they're just going to – I I really hope to see them mature throughout this season. But uh, for it to be a win in Seattle, that's a big jump up. So I don't expect that yet. I'll pick opposite you there. But, again, I'm not expecting a blowout the other way either. Things are happy in Jacksonville. You know, they went to they went to Jolly Old England. They got themselves a win. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, things get better after a win. You're listening to your coaches a little bit more after a win. Your coaches have your ear a little bit more, especially for a young team that's important. You know, if if they had lost in England, I don't know if I'm picking the Seahawks to win this game. Sure. I really don't. I you know, oh, sorry, I don't know if I'm picking them to lose this game. The fact they won in England, went into a bye week, haven't had as much distraction with the Urban Meyer shit, had a week off from that, yeah. and they get to come into Seattle with a team that's expected to beat them soundly. You know, they're basically saying, hey, uh, all of a sudden we go from zero wins, we could have a two-game win streak here, let's win this next one. I think all of the energy is Jacksonville's way. That's why I'm partially why I'm picking them, and partially because I already put down a tombstone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. No, uh, no bye week news from the Jaguars. No news is good news. Uh um, <laughs> Down there, coach yeah. stayed away from the bars on his off weekend. That's that's perfect. Um, and thankfully, they are a bye week because you think the flight from London to Seattle. Oh boy, that's gotta be long. <laughs> but uh, just from Jacksonville, you know, not as bad. That's that's inner inner uh, continent there. 
but yeah, you know, you haven't you haven't dissuaded me. I'm still picking the Jaguars. How about we talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to New Orleans? They're playing the Saints uh, with this free fall at the Panthers. I mean, we're talking the Buccaneers' only real competition maybe in this division. And here's the road game. So Buccaneers Saints, what do you think? Um, I think the Buccaneers end this conversation <laughs> of who is the who is the winner of the NFC South this week. Because to that point, you put another win on these Saints, uh, that's too much of a of a hill for these Saints to climb. Still puts the Saints in the wild card situation. Um, you know, doesn't blow up their season, but I, I just think Tampa Bay is too good. Yeah, you uh, remember that divisional playoff game? I think it's divisional, yeah. Buccaneers yeah. and Saints. Drew Brees' final game sent off by the, the old man, <laughs> even older than him, Tom Brady. <laughs> Well, a lot of Saints fans are going to have flashbacks of that because the Buccaneers are going to control this one probably from beginning to end. Um, yeah, I think this one is going to put the, the shine on, on the Saints and say, yeah, you, you guys are maybe surprising some people here without uh, without Breeze, but, but you're still a class below in this division. Yeah. So I like the Buccaneers on the road as well. Okay, only... Only a few more games, Dan, left of uh, week seven. Let's talk about uh, the Thursday night one. This was the backups. This was Minnesota 2017, Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum <laughs> Bowl. But the Browns win it 17-14. Uh, to 14. We both had the Broncos in this one, but do you know who picked the Browns? My mom. mom. That's right. She had them uh, there. Uh, it was uh, Darren Johnson. Big game as the third yeah. string running back in this one. Browns are up 10-0 at the half. Took care of business. How you feel about that Browns running game if you're sitting in Cleveland? You're you're basically going, I think we can put Baker back in there. He just doesn't have to throw the ball ever. Right. We just run this shit when one back gets, you know, gets tired. Put his and off. Obviously when Kareem Hunt gets back. Put his off arm in a sling, and he just takes the snap with the one arm and turns around and hands it off. <laughs> That's all you need, man. That's all you need. That's fine. You know, this Keenum looked good. He looked efficient. He looked like what you want from a backup. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Teddy Bridgewater also looked like what you want from backup. Yeah. Uh, but he happened to be the starter. Um, you know, if you're Drew Locke sitting on that bench, you're going, hey, can I get another shot at this fucking thing? Like, clearly Teddy Bridgewater is not the, to, I used the term before, the straw that serves the drink offensively for this, yeah. uh, this fucking Broncos team. So if I'm the Broncos, if I'm Fangio, I'm going, hey, man, I got to do something. Let's put this Locke kid in, see what he can do, see what he can get done, because... You're headed down a, a long, lonely road with this Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback situation. It might be heading there. Um, I think it's that Teddy is the best scenario for you to win now. Drew Locke is maybe a future guy thing. Because what I noticed is, yeah, Bridgewater is a game manager, and he's he's probably not going to lead you on a, any comebacks or things like that. And maybe Drew Locke has that ability in him, and, and maybe you got that shot, so you kind of got to check, take a look and see. But... That was that that that's only when you're done with this season, Broncos, and maybe you are at this point because unfortunately it's a very tough division. It's a, the AFC's got a lot of people above you now, and you've kind of proven that that that, that early win win run was was a little bit of a fake smoke. They lost Von Miller to an ankle injury in this one too, and I think that one's going to be a bad one. That's why I think we saw the trade for the linebacker from the. Um, mm-hmm that the Broncos did already with the Rams. And, yeah, uh, Broncos 
tried to come back in this one. I mean, like we said, it was 10 nothing Browns at the half. Broncos, then it was 17-7. Broncos made it 14-17 with five minutes and change left in this game. Never touched the ball again. The Browns yeah. just ran it, ran it. And we had a third string running back. Oh, man. It, it, it was tough to see watch a game where that many old Vikings players and coaches <laughs> and front office people are hanging around and smiling and shaking each other's hands and, 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 and they're none of them are on our team anymore. So that was weird, but, uh, Brown's big win, um, to keep winning. And, and one of those off, you know, it's a Thursday night. It's a quick one. You're playing a lot of backups. I think we're going to see that Thursday night here for a string is a lot of teams going, yeah. um, well, our Thursday night game will be played by our second team, you know, the junior varsity team, and good luck to them. <laughs> and if you get that win, like the Browns did, oh boy, that's a that's a big one to tally up. Yeah, that that makes varsity feel real good when they get back on the field the next week. That's, um, and they they need it because the Browns are going to play the Steelers. That's right. It's in Cleveland, but the Steelers are coming to town, and uh, if anybody's got their their number other than playoffs huh? browns it'd be those pittsburgh steelers but uh, are you taking the steelers dan in cleveland are the cleveland browns still banged up enough for you what do you think they're still banged up uh, you know i i don't think case keenum is going to be as good against this steelers defense as he was against this broncos defense without von miller i think this is going to wind up being a steelers win Unfortunately for Cleveland, mm. um, I'm not saying Cleveland's out of it, but uh, yeah, I just I I don't see the Browns pulling this one out. I I think Browns still have little brother syndrome, so I think if the Steelers get up early, you might see the Browns start panicking. And you know Mayfield is just not healthy. I mean, I don't think Bay- Mayfield should be coming back because he's got a fracture as well as a dislocation. Like that dude needs to be on the sideline for a while. And Case Keenum is not the answer. He's not an equivalent starter to Baker Mayfield. I get it. No, and you're right. The uh, yeah, the dislocation in the arm and it's just slipping out of there. That's scary. That's that's something you don't want to hear from your quarterback. It's a long season. You're in the first half of it still. So yeah, don't rush him into it. Uh, any word on Nick Chubb? He's still questionable. He's still questionable, but they think he's going to play this week. Yeah. Um, I will be watching it with eagle eyes. Of course, you he are. Is also on my fantasy team, right? Um, I think. It, yeah, I, I mean, he's had two straight weeks off. I mean, yeah, I think he, if he plays, then it's easy, and almost an easy Browns win. I'm gonna take the Browns. I like the Browns at home. They burned okay. me with that Broncos one. You're right. The Steelers are a better team than the Broncos for sure, but I think the Browns had good control of that one throughout i mean it was a three-point win but i think it was a controlling win so you ain't gonna burn me again browns and dan you and me picking opposite a lot in these games this week yeah. i'll take the browns all right falcons dolphins we're finally at the <laughs> best game of the week <laughs> best game for sunday at least and uh you and me that's true you and me picked it correct even though my mom took those dolphins hey let's go us finally um <laughs> falcons win it matt ryan had a good game because he found a new hot weapon in Kyle Pitts. Uh, I kind of said that I liked Kyle Pitts as that uh, best offensive player as far as a rookie outside a quarterback, and uh, he's he's proven it so far. Well, he's slowly starting to prove it now. He had 163 yards from scrimmage. Uh, they got Young Hoku with three nice field goals, and then Tua on the other side. He had four touchdowns but two picks. He, he led them on a nice comeback, gives them the lead, but just they left two minutes and 27 seconds on that clock, and that's just too much time for just about anybody other than yeah, Geno I mean, Smith. 
Yeah, Gino Smith's like, can I get 17 minutes? I'm like, <laughs> no. That's not how these last-minute drives work, Gino. Yeah, I, Tua did not look... Tua did not look bad. Right. He didn't look bad. But also, but. if you're Brian Flores, what the fuck are you doing defensively? Like, the Falcons tore them apart. Mm. You know, obviously Cordero Patterson with the running back position, but we're we're seven weeks into the season. You know what position the fucking guy plays. You know, we talked about it before. You you got to account for Cordero Patterson. It felt like they didn't. I know he didn't have an amazing stat game, but he was really solid. Kyle Pitts, yeah, is a matchup nightmare, but at the same time, they got pretty decent linebackers and pretty decent safeties uh, down there in Miami. Um, yeah, Xavier Howard needs to come back uh, because without Xavier Howard in, like, fucking good form. I mean, I know he had an interception in this game, but he seemed sluggish. Um, he didn't seem like the Xavier Howard that we're used to. And you're also 1-6, and six, Miami. Like, there is a chance he, if Xavier Howard does come back, you should put him on the trade block and get something for him because this Dolphins team is going to be in rebuild mode um, very, very soon, and I don't think Flores is going to be here uh, for the construction when it's done. I talked about how disappointed I was in the in the Niners, but the Dolphins have to be talked about that too. This this season alone, uh, you were almost a wild card team last year, and this is what we're getting this year. Um, the the Falcons were up twenty to seven in this game, and then there was the interception uh, that Tua had late that was returned like all the way back into the red zone. I thought that ended it. I, I assumed that was over, but the Falcons almost Falcons away this uh, victory as they <laughs> like to do. So you're right. It's hard for me to get excited about the one part of this game where Tua looked good, which was the comeback because it's, it's Atlanta that that's what they do is they let teams come back on them. So I'm not, I, I was like, more when I'm watching, I was more thinking, "Here we go, Atlanta." Instead of, "All right, Tua, way to go, Dolphins, you're finally showing up." No, it was just kind of like this was bound to happen. So luckily that the Falcons snuck out of here with a win and gave us something to watch in the uh, the witching hour there at the noon games. Good God! <laughs> but um, such bad noon games. Yeah, but we get the 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 36 yard walk off from Young Hoku. To, to win it for the Falcons. Um, are the Falcons now at 3-3, three and three, Dan? Because I th- No, is that their record, 3-3 three and three or 3? Three? Yeah, 3-3. Yeah, three three three. Three. Are they uh, a team in the NFC? Are they a team that we no, can... No, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Absolutely not. Their defense is absolute trash. Um, their offense could be okay, but once again, they put it up against a Miami team whose defense has dis-a-fucking-peered this year, uh, miraculously. I would... I would not be surprised if the Falcons wind up having six wins, seven wins by the end of the season. Hmm. I would be shocked if they pulled out ten. There's no way. I, I can't look at their schedule and see seven more wins for this team. So with that being said, I can't even think about them as a potential playoff team. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, ten might not be what you need to get in here in the NFC, honestly. Um, all right, but let's talk about the Falcons are at home. They got the Panthers coming to town. Uh, you want to say game number three that I'm like, I have no idea. Carolina Panthers in Atlanta Falcons. We're talking the bottom of the NFC South. Dan, who do you got? So uh, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I'm going to take the Panthers. They've got to get off the schneid, man. I think Matt Rule is a good coach. They've got to get off the fucking schneid. I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to come back. I, I just... 
I, I don't think I even heard that he's going to potentially be activated. I want to say they put him on IR for the Vikings game, which would mean this is game three. Oh, if I'm counting game, correct. this was game... I think because uh, he didn't go on right away. And there was a point where in heading into the Minnesota game... Oh, that's right. They, they asked and were like, yeah, we're just going to assume he's playing. And then he didn't, and then they put him on IR, which is a yeah, another huge mistake, Panthers. Like, good guy. But, you know, maybe he wasn't healthy anyways. But, yeah, he's not he's not available, so he's out this one. Yeah, so if that's the case, I, I'm going to take the Panthers just barely. I just <laughs> – I'm still going to take them. I, if Christian McCaffrey were coming back, I'd feel better about it. But, yeah, I think – the Panthers have got to stop this losing streak, and the Falcons have to stop this winning streak. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> right. It doesn't make sense for the Falcons to be ripping off this many in a row. Falcons look good uh, on the road there, but that's a bad, bad Dolphins team. Uh, they're at home, but, yeah, Panthers Panthers are one of those weird ones. I think the Panthers get this. They they did uh, beat the, uh, the Saints at home earlier in this year, so they can maybe keep up with some good teams. I like the Panthers on the road in Atlanta because I don't trust these Falcons. The Miami Dolphins going to Buffalo is coming off a bye after that uh, that bad loss in Tennessee. So what do we think, Dolphins at Bills? Um, I mean, God damn it, the Dolphins are going to get fucking rolled. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's real bad, man. It's real bad. I, I really just don't. I don't see the Dolphins coming back from this. I, I think they're going to let Flores play this game, lose this game, and fire him. Ugh. Yeah, the Bills, um, you know, you want to say like, oh, uh, divisional matchup and thing will be close there. I don't think so. I think Buffalo might have their own little hiccups here and there, but the Dolphins aren't going to take advantage of anything. <laughs> they don't. I like the Bills kind of just rolling them, you know, 36 to 6, something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's bad. This is going to be a bad game. There's only one left, and I left it for the end so we can lead into the Thursday nighter, and that's Washington Packers. Um, oh, well, we didn't talk about – yeah, we can get that. We can save that for the end. Uh, Packers win this one, twenty-four to ten. Um, they they wore those you know uniforms. I wanted to hate them, but I didn't. Uh, not bad Packers. Some weird throwbacks that you tried to find. Um, no, what I saw in this one was a tight game till about seconds left of the second quarter. Packers get a touchdown, take that lead from that seven to seven uh, setup that was that was through most of the first half. And then Heineke immediately fumbles to start the second half. Packers get a touchdown. All right, it's 21 to 7. But the Washington football team gets that ball, and every time they seem to touch it on offense, they moved it. Went right down the field. And then I, I want to talk about how he runs in on a third and goal and, quote, gives himself up at the one inch line, t- does a Lambo leap into the stands for a touchdown that does not count. <laughs> um, that has to like you know anger the football gods and then can't get it in on a fourth and goal it was another interception in the end zone later like every time it felt like there was a a force field across that goal line for Washington and for Heineke to just anytime the ball got near it for a touchdown for them it just boom and fly out of their hands and go in the opposite direction ah I, to your point, I don't think the Packers outplayed them. Right. You know, the Packers very much outluckied them. Um, but, yeah, it didn't, it didn't feel like they outplayed them at any point in time. Um, the Packers' defense looked okay. 
you know, but that's because this Washington offense looks shitty. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it helps make your defense look a little bit good. But, yeah, I, you know, where's the help coming for Washington? You know, where is it? Obviously, Taylor Heineke is not the answer. Do you have a running back? I don't think they do. You know, aside from Terry McLaurin, who you got? Where are your weapons? Yeah. You know, yeah, you built up that um, defense for years, but you're right. Yeah, I mean the I'm not I'm not saying that they should do this, but this is a team that could very greatly use like an offensive playmaker or two in free agency. But at the same time, who's going to want to come play for this Washington team right now? Yep. No, they there were so many opportunities in that game where it felt like they were going to get back into it or it felt like they weren't uh, completely out of it, but they just kept doing it. You know, Packers would turn the ball over, give it back to them in spots, and it was just hanging in, hanging in there. Um, the Washington football team total yards in this game four hundred and thirty to the Packers three hundred and four, and it's twenty four to ten. Like that just doesn't read right. But again, a double digit win for the Packers against a bad team that they're playing at home. Packers seem to get those those polls. I don't know. You know who looked pretty good in this game, though? Rashawn Gary. Oh, yeah. Rashawn Gary was getting some pressure on a tired Washington team there at the end that it just felt like every time they snapped the ball, he was in their backfield. Yeah. Yeah, he had to be uh, He's having a career year, though. Happy Michigan boy uh, watching that. <laughs> so the uh, Washington— He's been good. He's been productive. Got a forced fumble. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he, he stripped it out there. Um, that leads us to the Washington football team— uh, playing in Denver this week. It's Washington at Broncos. We do have some good news for the Broncos. It seems Jerry Judy is healed and on the return. It's going to be helpful because, man, they need somebody aside from Cortland Sutton out there. I mean, Noah Fant has been – I don't think he's even like a playmaker right now, but maybe that will open up more opportunities for him. If Judy is healthy and Sutton is healthy, that's an offensive attack I can get behind in Denver. I'm going to give this one to Denver. Obviously, I hate the Washington football team, and I hope Dan Snyder uh, pokes his eye out with a fork. (laughs) I'm going to agree with you on that last bit there. Yeah, I like Denver too, um, especially at home. I think Washington is, uh, especially after that that loss there in Lambeau where it felt like you were a good team, I think the will's a little bit probably broken there. Um, I want to see this team when uh, Fitzpatrick gets back because – uh, and maybe it benefits them that they have have this question in the back of their head that maybe Heineke can jump in and be a starting QB because now we know. Um, yeah, it's not the case. These two teams are pretty even in talent base, so I'll go with the home team. I'll go with the Broncos. And then, yes, like I said, we're leading into the Thursday night matchup, which is a biggie. This my two of the top teams in the NFC, the Packers going to the desert to play the Cardinals, the undefeated Cardinals. Thursday night football, I kind of hinted at like, oh boy, there's a lot of times where you're going to see junior varsities in this game. Well, the Packers have Devontae Adams right now on the COVID list. I don't know how that works, so I can't tell you if that means he's (laughs) for sure going to miss or not. I don't know. Stay tuned unless you know something, Dan. It doesn't matter. I, he could literally have been miraculously healed by the, the power of Christ uh, in the time that we're talking about this, and I still don't think they're going to go to Arizona and beat Arizona. Uh, okay. All right, so whether Devontae Adams plays or not, you have the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams being out means I am 100% sure. Devontae Adams being in means I'm 90% sure. Wow. Okay. So 
I, I mean, it's it's ten percent. That's how good Devonte Adams is. But yeah, there's there's no holes in this Cardinals team. The defense is really good. The offense is really good, and they're at home. That's a big lot of lot of slices in their favor. I think there's some easy wins the Packers have gotten of late, and um, and this is be the the test for them. But they're going to be in this, and and it's going to be a tight one. But uh, I can't pick them because it's in Arizona, and like the end, it's a short week. A, a short Thursday game, I'm going to go with the home undefeated team uh, and the Cardinals, and it seems like they're healthier a little bit too. Uh, the, yeah. There's talk on the offensive line for the Packers. I think they might be missing back Diari, things like that, guys who haven't practiced yet here in the short week. So that's something to look out for, but I'm with you on that one. I'm taking the Cardinals. I don't think it's going to – I'm not 90% sure. I ain't no 90%, but I like the Cardinals <laughs> still. Okay, well, that's our game. Uh, that's that's all from week seven and uh, leading into week eight. It's rivalry week, so this shit's going to hit the fan. Um, we didn't touch Dan because it was in two-minute no offense because Paris didn't put up much of a fight, but you wanted to bring up Brady got his 600th touchdown, the hand, and uh, Evans gives that ball to the guy in the stands. I, I, I waned interest in this. The I saw some posts where it talked about what he actually got because – that's what they talked about in the the press. It was like, oh boy, he's he's giving up too much. He shouldn't give that ball back unless he gets a bunch of tickets and this and that. I saw a good list of what he got after, but what what did you see? So I will put it to you this way: the great Randy Moss once said, "Straight cash, homie." <laughs> Every single thing the Buccaneers gave him were like shit. The Buccaneers had lying around. True. You know, it it felt very much like they're like, uh, Tom, can I get your helmet? Oh, not your helmet, just a helmet? Okay, great. Yeah, I'll take that. Mike, you using those shoes? No, you're not? Okay, great. We'll take those shoes. Uh, yeah, here's $1,000 credit to the Buccaneers store, You got- and we'll give you season tickets. Yeah. Season tickets for this year and next year, which is nice, but who's to say? He's also a fucking doctor. Yeah, like uh, he's a resident. He's like, dude, I fucking can't even use these things. So hopefully they're like, yeah, we'll give you these tickets, but you can sell them. That's true. Uh, I have to allow that. Yeah. Yeah. But this should have been straight cash, homie. This should have been straight cash. I did read that uh, somebody, I don't know, it was Brady. Yeah. Brady's thing or whatever is giving him a Bitcoin. Oh, that's okay. That is straight. Because I think that's like 50, 60 K. Up yeah, and right down now that's and, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up and down and around. Okay, if that's if that's the case, I I rescind my not enough. But yeah, that Bitcoin was very much. I mean, that puts a hand on the scale right there. That's pretty good. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. Well, let's get into picks then. Uh, we only had the one different this week that you and me picked, yeah. which was Chiefs Titans. So your one point lead makes us even. We are both at sixty nine. Nice. 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 Uh, and then um yeah we have plenty different this week so we will see what happens uh because it's rivalry week so why would we not why would we not have so many different we're tuned up we're tuned Um, up to kill each other i since the game is sunday night i'm assuming the first time we'll talk to each other we'll be on the podcast when we record next (laughs) tuesday Uh, I'll talk to you up until the game. I'll talk to you throughout the noon and the three thirties, but then radio silence. <laughs> well, it depends. It depends because I'm much better after a Cowboys loss true. than you are after a Vikings loss. That's probably true. Unless some cockamamie shit happens that causes the Cowboys to lose, 
a close one where I'm like, there was some shit that happened, and then I'll fucking lose my mind. But you know, if it's if it's a good, that's all I want, man. I just want a good game where the Cowboys kick the shit out of you. That's all I want. <laughs> I don't think that's asking too much. One of these years, we'll have to we'll have to do something live. We'll have to do something in, the, in that in that vein. But uh, we'll be we'll be watching uh, at home here while we pass out candy here for Halloween. So just <laughs> a little bit there. Uh, but we'll be back next week with all of it. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll break it on down. One of us will be happy. The other one, you know, tears. And uh, we'll hope to salvage our season afterwards. What can you say? I, I think that's the one thing that can be satisfying. That's the one thing that can be satisfying for everybody at home. Know that no matter what happens at the end of this week, one of us is going to be super fucking mad about it. <laughs> well, unless it comes on like a straight tie and it's one of those weird... Yeah, you know, neither team could figure it out. No, I'll be furious. You'll still be furious, yeah. I'll be furious if it's a tie. I'll be like, fuck this. This is stupid. It's yeah. kissing your sister. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, but uh, hey, until then, you guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Push Off Podcast. Link rate, subscribe. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, why not just pull up your you know facebook that's making everybody you know hate themselves and post a little joy of your favorite podcast push off podcast on there and tell your friends or put it on the instagram or you know <laughs> put it a little thing on your pinterest or myspace i don't know what's still around uh tell tell your friends is what i'm saying and tell them about all the great shows that you can listen to at the universe head uh family podcast it's universehead.com so check it all out there Dan, I got a couple of crazy stats. Not too many here for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to start with uh, this week here was the first week since 1993, uh, the first Sunday, we'll say, since 1993, that a only one game during that time was decided with just a one possession and score. And that day, there was wow. only eight games. <laughs> back there in 93 so this goes down as, as probably one of the uh, least competitive weeks in nfl history so congrats nfl you gave us <laughs> you gave us a uh, just just a raw deal there it well i'll tell you this this year so far has been a real smorgasbord and if this is if we had a smorgasbord let this be the sorbet for the second smorgasbord. Right. And, and Let there be another group of really good games coming up. It only makes sense that the, that the, the yawn week was when the Cowboys and Vikings had a bye week. Yeah. Sorry we're so fucking exciting, NFL. Yeah, uh, don't you worry. Didn't, you didn't have to take the week off without us. Yeah, don't worry. We're back for primetime, so there we are. And then, <laughs> and then finally, uh, we talked a little bit about it, but here's the stats. Justin Fields is 30th in pass attempts so far because he hasn't played – a full season, so he's 30th in the league in pass attempts. Yet he's been sacked the most. He Ugh. is being sacked 14.4% of his dropbacks. There is no quarterback at 10% or higher <laughs> from there. He's got no He's got no time back there, folks. This poor bastard. Uh, but that's what I got uh, for the show. So thank you guys again so much for listening. We love our fans. Dan, do you have any parting words of wisdom for them? The joy is back, NFL. You couldn't do it without us. The Cowboys and the Vikings are the straw that stirs the drink. <laughs> when it comes to entertaining NFL football, that's right. I got it in for a third time. 
But yeah, I can't wait. This is going to be such a good fucking Sunday. And I, I will say this, uh, we're doing this virtually, but here, virtual hand, good game, best of luck. May the best team, uh, may the team that's supposed to win, win. <laughs> Man, that's a better way to put it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, if we are talking after this one, we'll see you next week. I am Scott. <laughs> and this is Dan. You enjoy those games. Goodbye. Goodbye.